Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church and School, Chicago. I hope and pray that the following message blesses you with peace and hope in Christ, who died and rose for you, for free. It is yours. If you'd like to support God's mission of giving life, hope, peace, joy, and love in the city of Chicago, go to stjames-lutheran.org. Peace. Strive to enter the narrow door. In Jesus' name, amen. What'd you think when you heard that? Strive to enter the narrow door. It's kind of frightening. And we hear Jesus say a lot of nice stuff and talk about grace, you know, and all that sort of thing, but you know, this kind of makes more sense when you think about religion. Strive to enter the narrow door, kind of, it's kind of what religious people sell. And I suppose maybe when you hear this, you're like, you know, I, I was hoping or Jesus talking a good talk, being something different, but this is kind of what you sell. A new way to get into heaven. It's all like that, right? Striving to enter the narrow door, work hard for this. Knew it was too good to be true, Jesus, about grace and mercy. Here it is. This is the, uh, this is the sale pitch. You got to strive to enter the, nail, the, the, the narrow door. That's, that's what it is, right? Not a lot to get saved. It's hard to go up that ladder. Sounds like a typical religious pitch, striving to enter the narrow door. You'll find that at every religion. Do you have narrow doors in your life? I bet you do. The school that you got into was a, probably a narrow door that you had to strive after, get everything right, grades, and a test, not just to get into school, maybe get that scholarship. You feel like you're trying to get into that narrow door, or the high school you're trying to get into, maybe the job promotion had to hit everything just right, do the right thing, if everything works out right and I work really hard, I'd be able to slip in that narrow door and go up the ladder in my corporation. You feel like life is a bunch of narrow doors you're trying to get in? Yesterday, talking at our baptismal class, one of the moms said, we're talking about uh, nurturing your child, being a pastor at home and raising the kid in the faith, and she's like, I'm scared. <laughs> about being a parent in general, like a narrow door, like got to be, the, any parents feel like that, being the perfect parent, and you feel like you're not the perfect parent, and you miss that narrow door, and that's life, isn't it? So why not, Jesus? Eternal life must be the same thing. Got to get through that narrow door, striving, all that sort of thing. That's how the world works. What does Jesus mean? The Jesus who died and rose for you, the Jesus that talks about forgiveness and mercy, what does he mean when he now tells you you need to strive to enter the narrow door? Let's, you should find out, I would think. So chapter 13, uh, Jesus, uh, he's on his way through the towns, Luke says. So verse 22, it starts it out. He went on his way through towns and villages, and he's teaching and journeying toward where? Where is Jesus always really going? From the cradle to the great, from the cradle, Jesus is on a journey, especially in Luke. Luke really brings this out. 
He's on a journey to Jerusalem, and, and, Jesus, and uh, Luke repeats this many times, that Jesus is on his way toward Jerusalem. So everything that happens when you're reading Luke is in the shadow of that journey to Jerusalem, right? And that journey to Jerusalem gives everything that happens meaning. So Luke says he's on the way to Jerusalem, and someone says this, and it's a great question. Sounds like something I'd have at St. James at our school here in confirmation class, or, uh, or quite honestly, not too long, not a couple of days ago, I had the same question for an adult Bible study. Someone says, Lord, will those who are saved be few? You ever thought that? And it's not crazy, actually, if you think about it. Must be hard to get into heaven. Got to be good. Look around. Doesn't seem like there's a lot of good people, if you're honest. Will there be a lot of people in heaven? People ask me this a lot. It's an interesting question. And you know, it's not a surprise for this person to ask Jesus this, because Jesus really, if you're listening to him, sometimes it sounds like it's really, really hard to be good. I mean, he closes the gap frequently for anybody who thinks they have any sort of righteousness. He actually makes it harder. You know this? If you listen to Jesus, he makes it sound like it's a lot harder than you would have thought to please God. Like the Ten Commandments, right? Sermon on the Mount, you shall not kill. Got that one down. Jesus closes that and says, have you ever called your brother a name? You just killed him. Oops. Or, uh, right? Or, you know, don't commit adultery. Okay. Have you ever looked at somebody with lust? Boom. Like Jesus kind of, it's not a surprise that someone who's listening to Jesus says, uh, is there going to be anybody in heaven? And then look what Jesus' answer is. I think it's also maybe a pompous question too, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, were those be in heaven, be saved, be few? Kind of like from the position of like, of course I'm going to be there. But man, I look around at all these people, and there can't be too many people going to be with you. Right, Jesus? Are you with me? And they were thinking this, too. In first century Palestine, the Judaism of the time, second temple period, uh, you need to be a child of Abraham. Everybody else is living in darkness. Second, you need to be doing all the things going to synagogue, going to temple, not living in sin, of course, all these obvious stuff, but also all the ceremonies, etc. And so it's really not crazy. I'll bet a lot of people thought, we're the only ones. Look what Jesus says. Will those who are saved be few? Jesus says, don't worry about that. He looks at this person asking the question, and says, strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Oh, he just closed it again. Addressing the question with, stop worrying about how many or who worry about you. And if you step back and see what's been going on before and what's going to happen after, Jesus is probably talking to someone who thinks they deserve 
to be saved. Because it was just earlier he was in the synagogue where you're supposed to be resting and being in church. And there was a guy there that was, ter- or a woman who was terribly ill, and Jesus heals her, and he, they got mad at him. Because this is the time to be not doing any work, and you just did work and healed this person, this poor lady, who probably shouldn't be anyways, because she's probably not blessed because she's sick. So he'd been dealing with rejection. He'd been dealing with people who thought they are loved by God for two reasons. Pedigree, they're a child of Abraham biologically. Second, works. They didn't have any major drama in their life or public offenses. They went to synagogue all the time. These two things put us in the save column, but man, there's not a lot, right Jesus? And to think about who Jesus hung out with. He hung out with people, well, he hung, with, he hung out with everybody, by the way, but who got him? People that needed him, right? So Jesus turns around, he says, strive to enter the narrow door, meaning today, now is the time, it's open. And he goes on and says this, for I tell you, you, many will seek and enter, but when once the master of the house has risen and shuts the door, you begin to, you'll begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, open to us, and then he will answer you, I don't know where you even come from. Then you'll begin to say, well, we ate and drank in your presence. We, you taught in our streets. You remember me. But he will say, I tell you, I don't know where you come from. Depart from me. This is the response of people who met Jesus, but didn't need him at the time, right? But now, suddenly, they're coming all for him. The point is, once again, they thought, we're going to get in, we're special because of our pedigree and our good works. But those people, I don't know. And Jesus looks at them and says, strive to enter in the narrow door. And I'll bet they'd be shocked by this. What do you mean, me? I'm already saved. That's no problem. What does Jesus mean by entering the narrow door? What do you think? Are you in? You know, there's, uh, uh, there's this cool place in Utah, southern Utah. We were hiking once, and it's a, it was a small entrance to get into the larger area And you couldn't just go in with your gear, you had to take it off. Go in just by yourself and then pull it through afterwards. But you couldn't go in with all your stuff, you had to take it off to get in, into that green pasture, if you will, up that narrow scape. You've probably been in the narrows, it's something like that. What if that's what Jesus means? The narrow door. The narrow door that's in the perfect shape of little Clara. Weak, vulnerable, not much, doesn't know much. 
Or maybe the narrow doors in the perfect shape of that elderly woman who is frail and skinny, just all bones on life support. Maybe the narrow door is in the perfect shape of someone who's got nothing, no baggage, nothing to brag about, no awards, no gods and things that you just have to have, or things that you think make you deserving of God's grace. Strive to enter the narrow door, drop all of your self-righteousness, drop any pedigree you think you have, it's not going to fit. You got to take it all off. The lies that you're great and awesome and those people who aren't, take it off. The things that you cling to, you think are going to please God, throw them away. In fact, quite the opposite, bring God your sins. (laughs) He loves that. The narrow door only fits someone who's got nothing. And really that's everybody. The narrow door fit perfectly the thief on the cross who finds himself up there stripped of any honor, stripped of any pretense, you know what I mean? Like publicly, he is a bad guy. And now he's going to die. I mean, he is at the lowest point in your life. And Jesus, he looks over and there's Jesus, the narrow door, Jesus. Take me, Savior, and Jesus says, you'll be with me in paradise. The narrow door is open today. But if you got a bunch of pride, if you have a bunch of things that you think God will be happy you have and will get you through, leave them. The narrow door is open today, but it only makes sense to people that got nothing else and no hope. And that's why you see Jesus hanging out with people who had no pride. It was robbed of them. They had nothing really to say about it whether it's the tax collectors, right, or the sinners. It doesn't mean that was good what they were doing, but they definitely knew they were outside the kingdom of God and they needed severe help or the leper or the lame or the blind or he always takes little kids, doesn't he? He always takes little people and says, you need to become like this. What does that mean? No pride, no strength, nothing, just let me carry you in. The narrow door is open. And Jesus actually goes on and says what? You will see Abram, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and people will come from east and west and from north and south and recline at table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some are last, like that like Clara, or like that person, it's you, they've just messed their life up so much, or like that man that needed healing on the Sabbath, some are last in your eyes, they're going to be first. And some of you who think you're first will be last. Strive to enter the narrow door. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the narrow door is open, and you don't need to bring anything and Christ welcomes you in it today. In Jesus' name, amen.